0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. Taking a sabbatical, having an extended period of time to explore the world, to see how different people really live with your children, is a dream many parents have. But Insta stories don't often convey the real picture. Well, with me today, I've got Christina Franco, who last year took her son Vittoria on an extended journey through Europe and Asia. Pledging only to take no plane and to have no plan, they left London in July, heading east to see how far they could get before January. Christina, thank you so much for being here today. It's a pleasure. Lovely so too. was this always a dream of yours to take a sort of extended uh, period of time to travel? I mean, you are a traveler kind of by, mm. by profession.
2: Well, it was. And, and it was the one thing that niggled me when I had my son, because I always thought the one thing I always wanted to do was just to walk out of the house and just go. And then I had Vittorio and I thought, well, that's it that's that's that <laughs> that's gone. <the> freedom gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's that gone and then there was a window of opportunity when i started to realize that exams and school um, requirements were going to start to make it more difficult to travel and i had a gap i had just finished a project and i thought well actually this is our chance um and I proposed it to Vittorio and I said, how about, would you like to go around the world and should we just walk out of the house? And um, and he said, yes. Um, his first thing was, oh, my goodness, how am I going to do my homework? <laughs> and then he was like, yes, let's go, which he now regrets, by the way. But <laughs> um, he was very happy. And, and so we just decided to take... Um, take a few months off and when you told people so kind of friends
1: Victoria's grandparents mm. school what was the response were people really excited for you or pro it, or was anyone sort of against it and think it was a bad idea
2: I think it, it was a mixture I think there was a there were a lot of people who were a bit jealous they you know thought ooh, wouldn't that be nice to do that um some people thought that I was imposing my dreams on a on my child and that he would suffer. In fact, I remember one person saying to me, you know, will you be honest enough to come back if it's not a good thing for Vittorio? And um, I think people were a bit surprised, I think, but not surprised enough when they knew, because they knew me and they knew that yeah, <laughs> it was probably something. And school were okay? About school was saying? great. So school was great. They, I think that um, the headmistress realized that um, the opportunity to travel was a a great learning experience, and that I wasn't going to, you know, I didn't ask to take Vittorio and and sit on the Maldives on a beach for six months. Um, we were going to travel and and travel in a very unique way, where he was going to to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where did you go? You set off in July from London. So you we, used the summer holidays as well, didn't you? We used this? the summer holidays, and and some we we decided that. The best time was to take advantage of the, the summer holiday and the Christmas holiday and then the, the term in the middle. We left uh, during the, the summer holiday and we walked out and and took the train to Paris. Um, from there, we wound around and, and, and really we didn't have a plan. We allowed it to happen um, in its own pace. And Because we were not wanting to stay in hotels or or travel as tourists, we wanted to really go and feel the different places. And that was also the reason why we decided to not take planes, because if everywhere you stand, you have the choice of where a plane can take you, you can crisscross the world umpteen times and almost be distracted and not be in the place you are and 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 travel at a pace that's that's more realistic and more natural and we weren't staying in hotels what we were doing we were couch surfing so we registered with a couch surfing website and it's really interesting because you appeal to people um, who you've never met to host you so it's (laughs) you you have to write about yourself and you have to read about them and I tried to find uh, p- people who had children so that it was a, a, a better experience for Vittorio as well and so that he could see how other children lived and where they went to school and what they did. And um, we found that we had to plan about a week in advance. So about a week in advance, we'd have to start looking at where we might be able to get to and look on the website, see who was available, where there were people with children and what places appeal to us? So, one, you know, we, we did Northern Germany. Vittorio um, had always heard the story of the musicians of Bremen. So he really wanted to go to Bremen because it was one of the stories of his childhood that was so important. And because it was summer holidays, we also got invited to stay with friends. So we went up to an island in Northern Germany to see some friends. And so it was intermixed. So we would meet new people and be invited by some of our friends. And how did you decide where
1: to go? I mean, you, you sort of, your plan was to head east, wasn't it?
2: Well, we knew that we, the only thing we knew we had to fit into was, um, we're very lucky with Italian passports, we hardly needed visas to go anywhere, but we didn't need a visa for Russia. So we had to think, when could we maybe possibly be in Russia? And they only gave us a visa for 30 days, so we picked, I think it was the 20th of September to the 19th of October, we knew we were allowed to be in Russia for that period, but we didn't know where we would enter or when we would enter. Um, But that was our only parameter. But in fact, we ended up zigzagging up and down so many times, it was definitely not a direct route to get to Russia. (laughs) And did Vittorio, how involved was he in the decision
1: about where you were going to go? Or was it like, yeah, we could go there or what we could go here (laughs) where
2: there's great ice cream? Well, funny you should talk about ice creams because I think we ate more ice creams than anything and we were very surprised like the we had amazing ice cream in poland all of poland loves ice cream natural ice cream everywhere we went we must have eaten you know five ice creams a day but how (laughs) amazing that as italians we found the best ice cream all throughout poland so (laughs) so we did have a lot of ice creams and we were led by food and both vittorio and i love food and love markets so we did um the places we were in uh, often had exploration of the markets and the food and the restaurants and it was a common denominator but how did we choose we chose by seeing where the trains would go where um where there was a possibility where people had accepted to host us um and I mean, one time somebody asked us, would you mind taking our car back because we can't drive it back? So we drove their car back. Then we had been traveling around for a long time. And Victoria said, you know, the one thing we haven't done is take a ferry. So we looked at the closest ferry. So it was a mixture of what he wanted, what was practical, um, it required a lot, of, um, a lot more research every day. To not have a plan meant that every single day I had to dedicate a lot of time after Vittoria would go to bed to researching train schedules, um, places and people that had accepted us, connecting the dots in a way that you might have had a travel agent or done the research before you left. And presumably that's
1: great while you've got internet, but as you went further east, you you lost internet, didn't you?
2: Well, there was only one place, it was uh, in Turkmenistan, that there was no internet because it's not allowed and you're not allowed to have um, um, even... VPNs, which somebody said, don't go on a VPN because you'll go to jail. And I didn't even know what a VPN was. <laughs> I don't know what a VPN um, is. I think it, it and so that you weren't allowed social media, you weren't allowed. Um, so we weren't, we knew, our friends knew that we couldn't call home, we wouldn't post. Um, but that's because it's basically, um, you know, it's a very restricted country. And, you know, it's, a, it's the seventh least visited country in the world. It's very homogenous and... Um, it has different rules. But otherwise, what was interesting is that internet was incredibly good. And we were also able to get, well, all throughout Europe, a roaming while we're still in part of the European Union was still (laughs) very good and part of our package. So we were able to continue that. Um, Once we got into like Russia, you buy a SIM card with unlimited data. So it was actually really easy. Um, to to get online and to be connected. In fact, without the internet, I wouldn't have been able to do half of what I did. We learned, um, I mean, there's incredible apps from taxi apps to maps, offline maps. I never felt unsafe because I had such access to information. Um, In fact, there was even a time when we were... Going through a storm, we had to get to the port um, outside of Baku in Azerbaijan. And because I'm a mom and because I have experience traveling and because probably I'm a little bit of a control freak, I would see where I was going. I would mark it on an offline map all the time. And we were going through the storm and the taxi driver's phone ran out of battery and he didn't know where he was going. And he was nervous because it was dark, it was blustery, it was, but I had, I knew where we, I knew we were doing okay and I knew where we were supposed to go and and we persevered and got through, but all of those moments would have been really uncomfortable even five years ago, but I had so, there's so many apps that can help you in such a variety of ways that, we had
1: incredible tools. Was someone tracking you? Like, did you have any of the sort of Find My Friends apps on so that if you suddenly went missing,
2: you... No, that's your one app I didn't have. <laughs> um, no, I, I didn't, you know. I, did you not think about that? I did anyone th- suggest I, it? I, no, no, did. It's quite good idea. It is a really good idea. And actually... It's what people do parents
1: do with their kids on their gap years. Really? Yeah. I should
2: have I should have thought of that. Actually, Vittorio probably would have needed that for me because I would leave him every day with our second phone and I would go running. And I sometimes thought what happens if something happens to me and I'm in a market town in Uzbekistan. And I guess I always thought, well, we are so identifiable because we were odd. You know, I was a mother traveling with a small child. Everybody thought I was his grandmother and everybody thought he was a girl because he had long hair. And And Vittoria was (laughs) eight at the time. Eight at the time. He turned nine on the trip. And so I always, I, I guess I relied on the fact that we were so different that it would have been impossible for
1: And did he have, have like a, a
2: sort of emergency
1: procedure if you did not come back? Like say you were hit by a car and ended up in hospital. So
2: he had uh he had we had a second phone and he had I taught him how to use it and how to connect with everybody at home. So he had a whole bunch of um, phone numbers on there. We had a we had a plan, we had left everything back with a very capable friend in London and we had left him with copies of our passport copies of every single document of you know every um, embassy we had you know we had a backup contingency plan um, but um, and he knew to get in touch with with somebody back home
0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: and so how long would you leave him for how long were your runs about an hour and he was always happy being left
2: well we started in paris so we stayed uh with a friend in paris well he wasn't there he let us use his flat um because the couch surfer that we had um Agreed to stay with at the last minute. Minute couldn't have us, and um, was there, that was, par- <laughs> there oh, was a first experience. There was a there was a park outside, and it was a kilometer around. And so I said to Victoria, I said, "Okay, I'm going to leave you with the phone." We went through calling, and I said, "I'm going to run in that park, and I'm going to run in a circle, so I will never be farther than half a mile away." And call me anytime. And the first day he called me four times. And then the next day he called me twice and then the next day he called me once and asked me to bring him breakfast and then he stopped calling me. Sometimes he would call me and the other thing, you know, I I would leave him with a book or he was allowed during that time to watch a movie so we had downloaded movies on an iPad so and at the time I think because he went through different phases I think also there was Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon episodes so he was allowed in that time to do something that he really enjoyed and that was personal to him and so it was kind of a trade but I think that without that time alone every day um you know we needed that we needed that kind of recovery time just space outside of because we were together 24 hours a day and in most cases, because we would go places where we, you know, there was only one bed, we shared the bed as well. So we were sleeping together, living together, traveling together. Um, it was very in, intense time. Well, together. that's not
1: something you hear about that much. But of course, it makes absolute sense that it is hugely intense. In terms of what you expected mm. for it to be like and the reality, how did those two align? Was it was it how you thought it would be?
2: Um, I probably underestimated how difficult it would be for Vittorio to be out of his routine. He struggled a lot, he missed his friends, he missed school, he missed the routine of school. And he quickly, early on, started to tell me that it was the worst decision of his life and that he wasn't mature enough. (laughs) and that and what did it, you say what
1: you should did you ever think oh god maybe this i've done the worst thing or? i
2: did i thought of that a lot but um every day was also the best day of his life so it was this juxtaposition of his uh, missing his friends to the point of of almost getting ill at a, at, at some stages um but also every day you know just looking at me and saying, this is the best day of my life. So I knew that I had to believe and trust that it was good overall and that it was that his that he would learn the resilience and that he would learn that his friends would still be there, that um, those two emotions could live side by side, but ultimately what we did and what we experienced was really setting him up to look and think of the world in a different way. And, and I think that overall it was a positive thing. Does he think that now? Does he appreciate that now? Not yet. Interestingly, I think he does. He's starting to realize, and we talk about it all the time, because he says, I know I'll, 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 I'll really love it later on. And he is. And interestingly enough, he has also, he expects a lot from me because now you know I'm, I'm sitting trying to write about and he's like no I'm not I'm never I'm never going to write I'm never going to do anything and, and then yesterday we were walking home and he says you know well you'll write something and then I'm going to write what I really feel about what you've written <laughs> and so you see that it is it's he is he thinks about it all the time and he does appreciate it and he had, does have an opinion and And he remembers everything. He'll remember towns that I don't remember. And I'll remember one part. And he's like, no, no, that was um, Urkut in Uzbekistan. And I'm like, how did you even remember that? He remembers everything.
1: And, you know, his interaction with other children. Obviously, mm. you were meeting children who were from different cultures mm-hmm. and presumably there was often a language barrier yeah. as well. How was how was that for him? Because we sort of think, oh, in an ideal world, our children will meet all these children and have experiences we all know yeah. as parents. They're often cripplingly shy when they've yeah. met your neighbor's children who live on the same street as them. Yeah. How did that work in reality?
2: Well, the very first... The very first couch surfing experience we had, we went and stayed with a father and his daughter and we didn't. They spoke, um, it was, they spoke Flemish and he spoke English and she didn't. And the problem was that she wasn't really sure, she couldn't communicate with Vittorio. She saw us arriving, a mom and a child, and she said, well, how did you meet? What? Who are these people? And the father said, well, I met on the internet. The problem was that his, her mom had met her new father, her stepfather on the internet. So to her, the internet was where you meet other partners. And so she looked at us as you've met these people on the internet and now this is going to be my stepmom. And she was just in tears for two hours. And so it didn't go very well because we couldn't speak to her <laughs> so the first couch surfing got cancelled the second one the, the 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 little daughter thought you were coming to replace her mother uh, it was you know so it was it it, it was uh, but after that we, we the, most people then we were a lot we were in germany a lot in poland most people spoke english and then as we went east and into former soviet countries Vittorio speaks perfect Russian. So he spoke, he was my translator. And so in a way, he was also felt very pow- powerful and relevant and necessary. So he, I mean, he, I wouldn't have been able to travel in the way that I did um, and the way we did together um, without him being, you know, kind of the unlocker to, to everything. And, all, and we deflected a lot. We deflected a lot. We got away with things because we were this very strange couple of an older mom with this eccentric child who spoke perfect Russian and the mother didn't speak a word of Russian. So we, we negotiated our way through uh, customs, customs, on the train one time because we had bought all these knives for Vittorio I had saved up all his pocket money to buy knives for his friends in this one town in Uzbekistan that makes knives but then I didn't realize that we couldn't get on the train in Tashkent with knives with eight knives <laughs> and because and, and, uh, most trains hadn't even had um, a scan so we'd go through and the man pulls us aside and says, you know, you have knives. And Victoria says, yes, of course I have knives. And, you know, he sa- he looks at them and because he's literally it, he said, well, you know, I'm not going to chop anybody up with them. And, you know, and, <laughs> and this little... <laughs> thinking, oh, my God, we're about to be arrested. We're, arrested. we're going to for- be arrested. My son's going to be arrested. And we sat there and we negotiated and... Because you could see, they just smile. You know the 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 genuine nature of 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 a small child pleading with them. These are I've saved up all my pocket money for five months to buy my friends a present, and now you want to take them away. And you know how how devastating that he's got tears and he's welling up and he's not going to chop all anybody in, up <laughs> in Russian. In Russian, so you weren't actually sure what he was saying. Well, I understand and speak enough of it that I could yes most of it that i could get the gist and i could you know um we you know and i a lot of times i would just leave him i would just leave him to do what he did and he he laughs now he says oh yeah i gave him my puppy eyes you know he he knew that <laughs>
1: Christina, I mean, this is just so ballsy yeah. to sort of let your child negotiate with sort of border guards in the stands. I yeah. mean, most of, uh, most of us sort of parents sort of get, I, 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 yeah. I find it difficult in London to sort of politely ask people to stop, you know, idling in the street yeah. because I think I might get attacked. And you're sort of <laughs> merrily letting your son negotiate with sort of yeah. what the AK-47 carrying yeah. kind of camouflage
2: wearing <laughs> um, well I mean I was always there and there was always kindness and and friendliness and and you saw that people wanted us to to succeed they wanted to help us along the journey I did have to have interesting talks with Vittorio you know we had to go through so many borders and some very strict borders and I think that you know I grew up in Rome during the Red Brigades and we had bomb scares and we had people going around with submachine guns everywhere. So you, were, you, you dealt with authority in a different way. And our children have never had to see or feel any of that. And they feel very powerful. They do. I mean, they, they are taught to be independent and have a voice. And I had to say to him many times, I said, we are now going to go across a border we are going to be uh, interviewed and interrogated by officials and don't be funny don't be clever don't you know be a. you have to learn to be a bit submissive a bit you know to defer to power not say more than you know i mean he was a terrible uh he was terrible to have around when we were trying to negotiate you know there was one time somebody Wanted me to, you know, they were, I can't remember what we were trying to buy, but I said, oh no, you know, I have no money with me. And Vittorio turned around and said, no, 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 mommy, I know you've got 20 euros in your wallet. And I said, you know, don't offer information that's not necessary. So if they, and it's okay. A police officer speaks to you to say, "I don't know a nine year old child it's a it's an acceptable answer. I do not know. you really do not know and hes you know because we became equals on on the on the travels um he felt that he could answer as an equal, but sometimes there was a lot of information that you wouldn't know or understand as as a nine year old and you said before that you never felt scared, not
1: one one point did you think oh, God, I'm a little bit worried or I've bitten off more than I could chew.
2: Um, I was worried on that one drive to, in, in the storm because the driver did, before I knew that, he, that his navigation had stopped working, he just pulled over on the side of the highway and, and left the car and went to the car behind us. And that made me feel very, um, very you know nervous because I didn't know what was happening. Were there other times that I felt... I mean,
1: also, as a you know, as a single woman yeah. traveling with a child, is, is that the done thing? Were people surprised
2: by... They were surprised. And I think that that surprise was also what um, protected us. Um, most people, you know, w- people went out of their way. Um, we were taken in, shown, brought... Groups had us join them. People had us at their house. They, they, they. It. W- what's amazing is is how much you come back with the sense of um, of positivity. You know, most other mothers helped us. Fathers helped us. Everybody helped us. Everybody had this sense of um, we're on your side and we're going to help you. Um, I didn't feel threatened by by people ever. And you obviously you, you you
1: did an Instagram feed mm. while you were away, which I followed and I absolutely loved. Mm. And and I loved all the stories you had and even, you know, a picture of Vittorio on the train, um, who got chatting to a girl who was also Harry Potter mad and how honest was your Instagram? Did it broadly reflect the your sentiment and your sort of mm-hmm. feeling of this is a really good day, this is a bad day, or did you as most of us do on Instagram yeah. think we'll focus on the good bits and not share the
2: the bad bits? Um what it it was it's very difficult because you're doing so much and you are limited to 10 pictures and not very many words on on Instagram and though I'm reading it now because I was collating it all and I was realizing that actually quite from the early on how much Vittoria was missing home and that was always evident. But I think that I would, I had, um, I tried to go to sleep, I'd pick the 10 pictures that made sense because we took a lot of pictures, there were were so many interesting things and we were on the street, we were, that's what we did, we were on the street all day. generally trying not to do tourist things but trying to live as as people lived or go search for things that were interesting to us and it was more a question of trying to find one thought that reflected the experience or the day and oftentimes i'd have to edit down because you had to say less so it reflected a small part of our experience. It's impossible for it to reflect all the troubles, all the struggles. But I tried to, I tried to um, show those as well, because you know it, it was a struggle. We had to, ha- everywhere we went, we had to figure out where's the train, where are we, and and it was that process of starting in a place that seemed so foreign and unwelcoming, and walking out just a little bit more following somebody's advice and and making that place seem less and less hostile and foreign that was what was interesting about every day. One of the sentiments I think you expressed I absolutely
1: loved is that very often you got Distracted or delayed or derouted or even lost, and you ended up somewhere that you hadn't anticipated, mm. but it was amazing, and then you discovered something. Um, I think there was one where you missed the train, and then the lady said, "Oh, but there's a great restaurant around the corner," and you had, you know, the, the best Wiener Schnitzel, yeah. whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, and I loved also, you know, through through being in Berlin, and you know, um, and then as you sort of went further east, there was that amazing post about the. The baby.
2: Uh, oh my goodness! The, the baby window the in baby. Warsaw. Yeah, and you know, and this is. Uh, just explain what the baby <laughs> window is. The baby. So it's the window of life, and uh, it's a little window that so we walked by because it was really close. We had stayed in an Airbnb because we had a friend from London come to visit, and. We didn't even, didn't even occur to me. But it's a window that opens on one side and you can leave an unwanted baby. And the moment you open and close it, it rings a bell to the convent inside so the nuns can come and open and take the baby right away. And, you know, and, and this is where Vittorio and I were are, are similar. We are very similar and, and we talked to everybody. Everywhere we went, we made friends. We talked to the guy at the bar. We talked to the guy on the street, we, in the park. And this was the owner of the coffee shop that we went to every morning, and we started talking to Antonio, and we, and we learned so much about the city. And he said, "Of course, in you know, in the window of life." And I said, "What's the window of life?" And it was just across the street. and and it was one and it was it's one of the images that, of course, you can't stop thinking about because you can't imagine what brings you to leave a child or a child that's left or the none. I mean, it's just it's an incredible, um, you know, thing to have in a city.
1: And obviously you returned, I think, just before Christmas. Yeah. What, you know, we're now in at the end of January. You mm. haven't had a huge amount of time to reflect, but you have and you have sort of got back into that sort of rhythm of, of life. What do you think Vittorio has taken from your six month sabbatical
2: He has uh, had so many so many experiences and understood the world and in so many facets and how fortunate we are we you know we thought about it all the time living in central london we've won the lottery um we have access to clean water which is not the case even in russia most people have to have enormous those you know those things that you always have in office those gallons of plastic water because the pipes are terrible i i ran a bath in saint petersburg and it was the color of mud and and so, even just running water—forget about clean streets and healthcare and and all the excesses of of a, of, of a London life—but um, he also started to see the world in layers and history in different places and how history has moved. You know, as we went into you know Uzbekistan and and we started to learn about Genghis Khan and the Silk Road and 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 it being a center of the universe at the time how that center moves and how it's gone to Rome and how it's gone to America how it's gone to Europe how it's moving around and and everybody takes a turn and and how things were happening at the same time in history and they were so different um And it was fun. We had so much fun. So he's taken that away. And it was interesting because even though he hated it, a lot of the, I hate it. I hate being here. Can we go home? Towards the end, he looked at me, um, even though he had promised me that we would never do this again. He said, okay, mommy, you know, when we go and visit the rest of the world, can we bring a friend? (laughs) he just wants one friend. Yeah, he just wants one friend. He's like so he, you know, he it's it's opened that desire to continue. He's like, you know, cuz we we only got as far as Kazakhstan. You know, you can't, you know, get that far. We we were going up and down and around and um, you know, we we visited um where I think he at beginning, you know, he said, we're going around the world. I think by the end, he realized you can't go around the world in such a small amount of time and how much there is in between and that we can visit the rest of the world um, and continue it. But just with some friends. And what about you? Do you think it's it's changed you or was this just who you always were? Um, it's I think it's it's what I what. It's just how I am and I don't think I'm going to want to stop. And I feel so fortunate that I shared this with Vittorio in this moment. Um, and I know that probably I won't get to share it in the same way with him for many years because I think once school starts and he, we might be able to travel for shorter periods of time, but it's a way of traveling and we're gonna to continue to travel this way. And, and we met, funnily enough, a lot of other families who travel that way for the short time that they can during school holidays. Um, and we've connected with lots of them and we will see them and, and travel with them. So it's, it's, it doesn't, it's not, doesn't require you to take a term off to have that kind of attitude. And of course, we left the house and we didn't take a plane and it, it's not possible obviously within, you know, uh, a spring term break to go on the train someplace. We might have to fly someplace, but then you can have that attitude of not having a plan once you get there and allowing the experience and the exchange to happen, which is so much richer than, you know, going to a hotel and removing yourself and being, you know, just living as you do in London, but in a different place. And, you know, on the last... Uh, stop we were going to Amati and we were going to stop for eight days and I said to Victoria I said you know it's the last stop Um, and then we go home do you you know what would you like would you like us to have a comfortable hotel or there's this really lovely um, hostel that I've read about that's a house up in the hill and he said oh mommy definitely the hostel it's no fun in a hotel there's nobody there and we cannot make friends so I think it's it's uh yeah we'll just it's an it's an attitude and we'll continue to travel like that. do you think he got
1: better at communicating with other children i mean i see my children just so painfully shy with new people do you think that that ability to go up strike up a conversation Mm. with someone you've never met before was sort of increased
2: um a little bit but he vittorio was always like that um i think that was part of the joy that he felt early on because he made friends Right and away. and
1: your relationship I mean obviously living in such close proximity with each mm. other um kind of being equals um do you think that was a positive thing for your relationship or do you think it was a bit tricky at times
2: um I think that it was very positive it was a big learning curve for for both of us for me to share that um the responsibility of the day within parameters, um, and for Victoria to learn that the that there are so many. There was lots of concepts that came up, like even just um, the fact that the world operates on a financial model, because they go to school and they come home, and their house is there, the heat is on, the food is on the table. They never see that interaction, and and those were really interesting discussions to have and we started to also share those you know what should we buy should we pay that for this should we you know which of these things that we want to do are worth it or not and so he's developed a a, a very keen understanding of the world and choices um and being together has made... I mean, we are always close. I mean, I'm a single mom with a single child. We were always very close. And it allowed us the opportunity to have really in-depth talks about life aspiration, relationships. And I think that it has set the groundwork, hopefully, for us to have really, really open discussions um, for the rest of our lives because it is a safe place and it's a loving, safe place. And and we talked about everything because you had the time and there was no stress because we were on a shared um, mission. So there was no, I didn't have to go to work. I didn't have to go out with friends. He didn't have to go to school. He didn't have play dates. Our goal every day was a shared goal so there was never any stress. There was no conflict uh, of scheduling, of, of one person wanting to be one place, one person. And we did everything together. We figured it out. And it, and it opened up um, a very safe place to just discuss and analyze everything we saw and did. And the thoughts that come into your head would just be shared. So it was really special. And his friends hadn't forgotten him when he got home. And his friends had not forgotten him when he came home, which was the biggest relief for him, yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: Do you think this is for everyone, or do you think this is, you know, something, the idea of taking a bit of time out, whether it's a term, whether it's a year, Mm. do you think it's something that every family would really benefit from, or do you think you've got to be the right person and the right frame of
2: mind? I think that everybody should should travel that way or take the time and it doesn't even need to be doesn't have to be about going someplace really far away it could be you know let's today take the train and go to Brighton but it's about the attitude it's about what we learned and what was what was it was to be in the place to be there to be completely and utterly in the place that you are. We were forced to be that way because of the parameters of of our travel. But if we can, in our days, just stop everything else and do that. In fact, we did that even in London. One day uh, we needed to go to an appointment and then we decided to walk back. And we decided to stop at Wagamama and have lunch. And and we came back and we're like, yeah, it felt like being on our trip. It can be for an afternoon, but it's about... Being completely there and then just letting it happen yeah. walking back instead of taking a taxi back for one day.
1: No plan No plan. I remember
2: when I was um, 18 I was travelling in,
1: in Africa and we were hitched from Nairobi down to Cape Town my parents oh. had you know nightmares but I remember one of the things that I loved the most was that ultimate freedom that we travelled to where we thought we'd want to go and if we liked it we stayed and yeah. if we wanted to stay longer we did yeah. that if we didn't like it we'd just leave and try and find somewhere yeah. else and I remember you know it wasn't those day to day experiences it was that freedom and it was the first time I was 18 at the time and it was Mm. the first time I'd experienced that you know no you have to do this no you know your grandmother is expecting you to do this or school wants you to do this Mm. you have to come to this exam there was no kind of conformity there was no expectation and that was so liberating and actually it's you know our children are so lucky aren't they they have this wonderful stability but they don't get much choice in life they go to school they have to brush their teeth they have to do French even though they hate it you know I get that that is mind you I suppose there's always the risk that they sort of smell the freedom they're
2: like (laughs) I'm not getting to school anymore and you're like oh god what did I do (laughs) they still want to go to school but I think that yeah no it's a um, really taking that that freedom is 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 amazing Um, and it opens, it relaxes you and it allows you to have interesting conversations and interesting experiences.
1: I also admire you because I'm so aware that this time that we have with children is so fleeting at the time when you're in it it feels Mm. interminable do you remember those baby days where you just like thought oh god is it is it seven yet um and yet it is so fleeting you just talk to grandparents and they say you know that decade was basically the best of our our lives Mm. it was such fun and yet we didn't make the most of it because I'm reading a book now about a family traveling together with their 18-year-old child. And of course, the 18-year-old child doesn't want to have anything to do with the, the family. It's like as much time as you can possibly get away from the parents as possible. Yeah. So to take advantage of this time when like you are their God, you are their rock star, they, they really do want to hang out with yeah. you and talk to you and question and be honest with you about what they're wondering about is something that you have to yeah. take advantage of. But I love your sentiment that it doesn't need to be a term. It doesn't need to be six months. It could be, you know, what is it? Six weeks, summer holidays. it could be for three weeks in the summer holiday it could just as you said be a day of having no plan wherever you live yeah and challenging yourself christina thank you so much for for coming to talk oh, about this today your you. instagram because um christina's instagram is amazing i oh, wow. absolutely loved it it's more than just pictures and snapshots and those 10 mm. pictures a day it's sort of um thinking and reflection on that mm. so um it's what's remind me what your instagram handle is again no plan no plane no plan no plane and <laughs> um, so mm. do take a look at that and i hope you'll write a book yes. because i think that these your experiences mm. need to be documented even if it's just for you and vittoria's mm.
2: sake but i i'd love to read it too Good. well we're working on that yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank oh, you christina thank you uh, Marina.
1: Thank you all for downloading another episode of the parenthood you can subscribe rate and review us wherever you found this podcast it makes a huge difference in terms of other people being able to find us you can also follow me on instagram i'm at marina.fogel. but in the meantime thanks for listening from christina and me goodbye